It is uh, May 27th, 2014, 10 of all times in the morning. Last night was the night that I talked to Tyler and found out that his mom has told him last week that he will not be able to come to Alabama because he'll be required to attend Sunday school or uh, summer school. I um, felt led to write an email. I prayed with Tyler over the phone and then I told him, I said, son, I'm going to do everything I can, but we're going to trust God for this. Then I said, you pray. Tyler is uh, very disconnected from his feelings. He's he's not wanting to admit how he feels because that almost seems to make it probably worse. So he's almost trying to disassociate from his feelings. I am really praying for my son about this. I sent a, a long email to the teacher at school explaining that I believe there'll be more emotional trauma from this and that that will outweigh any potential impact that summer schooling could have on his academics. I've sent out an email this morning to my subscribers and saying, please pray for me and my son, Tyler. And I sat down with my trust in God promise pages and depending on God, not ourselves. And I listened to an amazing message by Charles Stanley. And I, between all of that, I am just so filled with faith and so began praising God driving down the road just saying, God Almighty, look what you have done. You have filled me with faith. You have blessed me. And even in spite of very difficult circumstances, God has given me peace. He will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. So I'm just standing in faith that God is working all this suffering together for my good, Tyler's good. And I'm believing God to, to, to provide. Um, I've told that we'd like to come pick the kids up on June 5th and I have not had any feeling in my spirit that I'm not supposed to do this. God has not been telling me, no, you can't do this like he did for Christmas and spring break. So I'm so thankful. I've been kind of waiting with an ear to the ground. I've been praying so much and I don't have any of that. <clears throat> the 919s I'm seeing have to do with me, you know, either working or getting ahead of God on some other things, but I'm really trying to just continue to, to, to trust him and just know that God is, is going to take care of this. And I'm so thankful that God has given me such faith that through all of the suffering and all the brokenness and all the disappointments and all the unmet expectations, as Charles Stanley points out, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And what that means is it's not just a matter of we make it through our circumstances. We come out better, more mature, more faith-filled, more steadfast, and with a greater amount of character on the other side. When we go into the fire, we come out greater. We don't just come out, we come out greater. And that means we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And I am so thankful for that. I know that God has, has been so good to me to bring me through so much suffering. And I've thanked Him for it so many times because it has, it has helped me so much. You know, it's like this song right now. Though you ruined me. Listen to me, listen to this. Still I will worship, sing a song to the one who's all I need. I wanted to record also a thought that um, about yesterday when I had a meeting with my friend Jason, I've been trying to help him going through a real difficult time in his new marriage and I 
was telling him about faith in God and, and somehow or another we got on the subject of finances and, and I said, look, I'm going to share something with you but you can't share this with anybody else because I don't want ever to do anything to manipulate or cause somebody else to help or give out of emotion. I said, I'm proving to others that you can trust God on prayer and faith and His Word alone. And I began to share with him how I'm, I don't tell anybody about money and I said if you've noticed I never mention money in any of my videos I never hint around about it I don't ever mention donate I don't and I said I can't even tell people half of the amazing stories that are going on in my life because if I let those finance stories out like hey a $150 mystery check came in I can't even brag about that because people could interpret that um, the wrong way and want to give out of emotion rather than out of faith and um, anyhow this, this has happened several times where I've showed up at a Starbucks to go to a different one and it's completely packed and so I just trust oh well I guess maybe God wants me to go I trust him to direct my steps so maybe he does want me to go to governor's today and the last time this happened I had a God encounter, so I'm just trusting him even now in this moment. Well, all right, Lord, if you want me to go to the other Starbucks, that's where I'm going. So anyhow, I shared this with my friend, and he said, man, Mike, he started cracking up. He's like, wow, man. He's like, I've never I've never thought about this before. He's like, you really are going out of your way to not say anything and, you know, to not manipulate. He goes, man, that's unbelievable. And he goes, man, I, he says, I'm just not there, man. I'm not there yet. And it struck me when he said that because it reminded me that, oh yeah, not everybody trusts God the same way. And I certainly haven't always trusted God like this. But it was just a, a kind of a, a sobering reminder for me that it, ta it has taken me a long time to get to this place. And the only reason I got to this place is because God has been merciful enough to allow very difficult circumstances into my life and ground me to a pulp such that all I had was Him. I mean, the Lord knows what has to be done in each person's life. And for me, the suffering had to be extraordinary to get me to the point where I was no longer trying to fix it myself. And so we've gone from a guy who would easily solve problems, take the bull by the horns and white knuckle everything until it was fixed, to a guy who now says, oh, Lord, do you, how many times do you want me to breathe today, Father? What do you think about me sending this email? God, what do you think about me doing this particular type of message where I don't, I hardly do anything without asking the Father and depending upon Him. So, when you're depending upon God for everything, the only way to do that is through faith. And um, I just, my heart's cry, again, is to see more and more people trust God to provide in their lives and help people to understand that God wants to do a whole lot more in their life for His glory than they're currently doing on their own or through the world's abilities and resources. And when we do that, when we depend upon the world or man, unknowingly we're essentially robbing God of His glory. I mean, how many things do we have in our life that are maybe compromised things, whereas if we would have waited for God to give them, He would have given us this glorious thing in that way and he would receive the glory and we would have a testimony of faithfulness in our life and we would know him better and believe him more and love him more. 
That's why faith is so important. So hugely important. It is May 27th, 2014. It is 4.02 p.m. I am walking in the prayer circle, my prayer cul-de-sac right now that I have not been to in several months. Um, I've been going up on the mountain back again all the time, pretty much ever since I got my driver's license back. You know, several months ago, I started going back up to the mountain because I missed it so much. So today, I felt led to take a prayer walk, and I'm back here in my prayer circle where I'm surprised there's not path marks in the asphalt from how many times I've walked in this circle praying and calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to help me and guide me and direct me, use me. And um, I think it's very possible that I've just seen another one of God's unbelievable provisions today. I'm not surprised, but I'm grateful. And I'm actually being very patient and waiting uh, to see if, in fact, this is what the Lord wants me to do. Um, Three years ago tomorrow is the day that I left Florida, or at least was was packing uh, to leave Florida. And then maybe a day later I left and moved in with my parents. My mom has marked on her calendar, May 31st is the day I am supposed to move out. They told me about this six months ago. And it was in an effort to push me out the door and get me to take action, basically, to get back to being self-sufficient, get a job, and move on with my life. And, you know, I totally understand what they're thinking. But the whole time, God has been telling me, sit still, wait, continue to do You know, the work that I've asked you to do with the videos and encouraging people and God has used me more in just the last, I'd say, six months than in the previous four years. It's been incredible that during the most lean of seasons of my life, the most difficult, uh, some of the darkest by way of circumstances, God has used me and has been so unbelievably fruitful to me. I have continued to just, by God's grace, grow like a weed. And all of this suffering and all of this disappointment and all of this affliction and all of this waiting for so long, years now, has done so much good in my heart. I am I am such a completely different human being. It's not even calculable what God has done by way of heart transformation in my chest and in my soul. And I'm looking back on how many times I've walked this circle just begging God, please help me, please give me direction, God, help me. And the the just hours and the days and the weeks and the months of enduring persecution, uncertainty, literally not having any idea what God was going to do in my life next, where I was supposed to end up, what my purpose is, but literally just being obedient to do whatever He had put before me. I have diligently sought His Word every day. My parents would all testify to the fact that more more likely than the sun coming up every day is their son sitting in that chair, reading the Word of God, spending several hours a day trying to learn of my father's ways. And it's come down to, what if today's the 27th, then that's basically four days for me to have to get out after six months. 
and there's been no open doors. There's been no finances. And every single time my mom has come to me and said, well, have you figured it out? I mean, my mom has been coming to me every single day, even including yesterday morning and saying, have you figured out what you're going to do yet? I think she's losing sleep over it. Once again, she has does not have the faith, just like when I was going into that courtroom. She just does not have faith in God. She, she likes the idea of God. She likes her little women's Bible study, but she's one of those people that's never had to trust God for anything, and so she doesn't have any built-up trust in Him. She's, she's not yet ever had the, the opportunity to take a risk and trust Him. And so she's just been badgering me every, pretty much every day. Well, do you know what you're going to do? Well, you're getting ready to find out how important it is to, to have money in life. And, and I just would not say anything. And again, I, I know that God is using my mom's unbelief as a tool in, her, in his hand to continue to shape me. And I'm just at this unbelievable place where nothing, nothing scares me. And people think it's weird. I had lunch today with a friend, Chris, and he said, Mike, you know, I haven't been one to ask you about it. He just a few hours ago says to me, I haven't been one to ask you, man, but like, you know, do you know what you're doing? And I said, no, Chris, I don't, man. But God just has continued to tell me, I've got this. I'll provide. Just trust me. And, you know, just last week, my mom's, and, and I, anyhow, I, I, I could tell that for most people, my faith in God looks like insanity. People are like, dude, have you totally checked out on reality? That what they don't see is how much God has been speaking to me and that I'm walking according to what God has told me. He's directing my path. You know, my mom even said to me a couple of days ago, she said, you know, Michael, you've only got a week. Are you doing anything about this? I said, no, mom, actually, I don't have to do anything. This isn't my problem to fix. This is God's situation because I'm obeying Him. And, and mom, God is in control of my life He's going to take care of this. And her words, the next words out of her mouth were, well, he's going to have to be awfully busy for you. I mean, he's only got a week. Those were the words that came out of my mom's mouth. And again, from a humanistic, human reasoning, logical standpoint, I totally understand why she would say what she's saying. And she's right, I do only have a week. But it just shows how far off the planet we are from understanding faith in God. How how distorted, as Charles Stanley would say, we have distorted views of God. We don't understand who we're talking about. This is God Almighty. Okay, so here's what I think is happening, which, again, I'm not surprised because I, I'm not surprised by any more God's provision. I'm still unbelievably thankful, but I don't feel surprised at all. I just feel like, yep, this is my God. Today, uh, the last four days I've been working with this uh, guy in my Bible studying his wife. They're newly married. They went down to the courthouse, got married, had all kinds of signs they felt. And both of them have got some pretty, you know, uh, insecure, troubled backgrounds by way of relationships and, you know, stuff like that. And they're both trying to turn their hearts to the Lord. And my friend Jason really is just, I see more potential in this guy than almost any person I've been working with for a while. He's just loves the Lord and is fighting hard to become everything God has wanted him to become. And he's humbled and he's shown me a very, very great deal of honor uh, for the Lord to, to learn his ways and to let me speak into his life over the last several months. And he and his uh, wife were supposed to get married and they, they, they think they may have gotten ahead of God and there's all kinds of roadblocks and obstacles and just a huge mess that showed up. And 
they, they, in particular, Jason is feeling that um, he maybe should have it annulled and get back in line with God's timing on this. They feel like they got ahead of God, and at least he does. And so he uh, and I were talking about that today, and I made some recommendations to him. And then he says, Mike, well, listen, man, he said, there's something else I want to talk to you about. He's like, you know, I, I'm leasing this house you know, that was going to be for me and Brie to live in, and I'm actually going down to sign the papers on it today. He's like, and I've been thinking about it for about a week, man. He goes, what do you think about coming to live with me? And I told him, I said, you know, Jason, I said, I'll pray about it, man. I said, I'm, I'm honored and thankful that you had asked. And I said, but you got to understand, you know, I, I don't have any money right now, man. I'm, I'm doing what God's asked me to do, and so I wouldn't be able to contribute to rent. And he's like, man, I'm not worried about that. He's, you know, and so all of a sudden I said, you know, the timing of this is pretty amazing. I said, I'm supposed to pretty much be out by the end of the week. He goes, yeah, Mike. He goes, I'm getting the keys and the papers tonight, man. He goes, I can start moving in tomorrow. So I'm going with him today to take a look at this. And I'm thinking to myself, how wonderful is God again to prove himself that all of his promises are true, just like he's been telling me, showing me that, you know, 655 uh, and the 755 and the 855, just always telling me that all of his promises will be true. And here he is with three or four days on the clock after three years. And then after a six month waiting period of knowing I had to be out in six months in the last four days without me having to ever ask a single person. I never asked. In fact, I had an offer from somebody else to, to move in over a month ago, and they just reaffirmed it two nights ago. And I flat out told the Lord, Lord, I only want to do what you want me to do. I, 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 I don't really want to move in in that situation. Um, but God, you know, and I've just been waiting. And I told the person, I said, no, I really just have to wait on the Lord. And they kept asking me, do you know what you're going to do? Do you know what you're going to do? And I'm like, no, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And... Here is this guy who just at lunch today, I told my friend Chris Kemper, I said, Chris, I know one other guy like you who's getting it on a level, meaning God, that I don't see very many other people getting it. And I said, that's Jason. And he said, you know, man, I felt the same way. And here I was just bragging about Jason. And this is um, a guy that I just adore. I mean, I just, I just love this guy. He's, he's substantially different than I am, and I, I love that. He doesn't think always the same way I do, talk, look, act, dress, you know, this different music, everything. He's a totally different kind of guy than I am, totally different. But yet, man, we just have a bond because of our love for the Lord. And so, anyhow, I'm just sitting here thinking how wonderful of a testimony uh, again, I'm not surprised, but how wonderful of a testimony this will be that I have trusted my Lord. I didn't have to ask any man. This was just offered to me today in the most unusual set of circumstances where a guy gets married, is supposed to be moving in with his wife. They've been married for two weeks and have decided to get it annulled in order to honor what they believe is God's command to wait, that they got ahead of God. And they're going to do this super hard thing of annulling a marriage because they want to honor God in that. And who knows if they'll get back together. Who knows what, I have no idea, but all I know is what an awesome story if I end up moving into that house with this guy. 
four days. And it, as it turns out, to the very weekend from three years ago that I would be moving into, uh, I, I moved out from my house in Florida into my parents' house three years later to the, to the weekend, God moves me out. Oh man, how unbelievably cool is that? So, I just want to lay this down and I don't feel anxious about it at all. I'm totally trusting the Lord and waiting on His timing. I've come out for a prayer walk and a run and I'm going to spend the rest of the time just praying. And I feel peace in my heart. I don't feel like the Lord has shown me any numbers or anything yet to say, stay put. But I'm just going to trust Him and know that He'll... He'll show me what his will is in this. And uh, man, what a cool, cool story this is. I just passed a Roto-Rooter truck. I'm on the way to go to the mountain and pray. And I'm asking the Lord already to just, you know, speak clearly to me. I don't want to get ahead or behind him and I want to walk in his will. And I see this Roto-Rooter truck and it's got the 555 on it. And I just think, Jerusalem's deliverance foretold. And then my thought immediately went to how awesome it is that God has chosen. There's this scripture that says, you know, who is the man that fears the Lord? The Lord will direct him in the path chosen for him. Will guide and direct him in the path chosen for him. It's like a proverb. And who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. That's what it says. He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, wow, man, this is exactly, whoo, makes me emotional. This is exactly what God has done for me in the last four years with these numbers. And I've had a couple of concerns in the last couple of months about people getting caught up in the numbers. They you know, are like, wow, you know, this, that God's not doing that for me. So I decided to pull back on the numbers. And then I started thinking to myself, man, so much of what God did through that brings him so much glory. And then the biggest point I'm realizing is, is that it shows God's ways. In other words, my thinking is that if I, if I wrote a book that was like by the numbers, and it was it literally writing the book by the numbers and show how God directed me and my path by these numbers. It shows what God's thinking was in all these different situations. Here's the biggest point. It instead of just kind of randomly choosing scriptures, God began to show me scriptures that were on his heart and that were a reflection of his thinking and of his ways. For each given situation. I mean, I think back to all the numbers. And maybe that's something that God is, is telling me. Is to remember the, the numbers that God has shown me. To remember those scriptures too. Because what's been amazing about this. Is that God has shown me his ways by doing this. And I'm thinking to myself. Okay. Even if, if, even if, even if God did not guide another person by numbers. It would be very, very helpful for people to see how God dealt with me in certain situations so they could learn of his ways. So when they find themselves in a very similar situation, you know, wanting to go back to an old job, feeling resistance, and they see that 
God shows me 222 and I teach them the principle that God showed me in that, that would be easier for that person to say, wow, okay, I see the principle in God's word. The situation matches mine. I mean, it's really just like having a, a direct lesson from God's heart on how he thinks and acts. He's done this with me for so long. There's been so many different scriptures he's shown me and counseled me with along the way. And I could literally write a book about these numbers just based upon journal entries. And people would begin to see, wow, this is how God acts. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, what an amazing idea this would be. Assuming that God, you know, would be okay with this. I need to really think about this. See, the thing is, is that until God finishes this story and gets me to a place where other people would look at it and say, wow, God has restored Michael, then they won't believe it. They could still say, well, you know, look at his circumstances. Even though my heart is amazing, they would look at my circumstances and say, I'm not interested in that. I don't care where the numbers point. But if people saw that there's there's the goodness of the Lord, I would have been in despair had I not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Okay, so that's the idea. Now I want to leave another entry. So this is a message, um, just an update on what's going on with my housing situation. I made a recording yesterday about how a friend of mine has offered for me to live with him here at the last minute. And I've been thinking a lot about it. I went with him yesterday to see the house. And compared to obviously what I'm living in and what I've been used to, it's a it's a pretty dumpy little place. Um, but I'm humble enough, I felt in my spirit that, you know, Lord, if you want me to live here, I'll live here. We get around to the back and the wood's all kind of, you know, dry rotted and stuff around the doors and paint's just horrible and you can tell it's a house that's low rent and the people that live there don't care anything about it it's decent on the inside looking from the window my buddy starts telling me when they went in there was this real strong cat pee smell and they couldn't get it out and they put stuff on the carpet the people replaced the carpet but the smell is still there so I was a little apprehensive I'm like ah man I guess I could clean it and figure something out this morning I started thinking I woke up and I started thinking I'm like Last night I was talking to my buddy about not compromising with his future wife and how God taught me, don't ask him for his best and then believe him for a fixer-upper. And and I started thinking to myself, the Bible says that the Lord favors the man who fears him, those who wait for his loving kindness. Well, that's been me. And so I'm thinking to myself, is this God's favor to give me a room that smells like cat pee? I mean, is that really God's best for me? I mean, this is totally not meant to be offensive at all or a smack in the face to what, you know, my friend would be willing to live in. And, you know, obviously he's walking his own walk with the Lord. But I've been living for three years in basically exile. And so I'm having to ask myself sincerely, I'm trying to weigh this out. Okay, is this the wicker basket that delivers me like Moses? Is this just a temporary wicker basket to get me to where I'm going? Is this, you know, the equivalent of once you've been delivered from exile, you live in tents in the desert a little while on the way to the promised land? Or, you know, is this me wanting to take and jump at the first thing? I mean, obviously I've been offered to go live with Terry and and my friend David as well. And I've I've said, Lord, I don't really want to do that, God. I'll do what you want me to do, but it just doesn't seem wise. And I want to wait for your best. And so I'm asking myself, is this God's favor? Would God take me out of this and say, all right, Michael, now you're gonna, we're going to make you uncomfortable in your living conditions. You've been uncomfortable with the oppression. 
Now I'm going to give you a place physically where you're not going to ever really be comfortable and there's going to be a smell of cat pee and you're not going to feel super, super safe, you know, living there. Granted, I think, well, what about missionaries and stuff like that and people living in third world countries? I understand that. I understand that there's a place for that. But I also see a principle in God's word for those who, like myself, who've gone through the valley of the shadow of death, who've been through affliction, who've been in exile, that there should be God's best on the other side of that. And so I'm really just trying to seek the Father's heart and saying, okay, Lord, I see these principles in your word. I even read something in this morning where, you know, in uh, in Step with God, where Charles Stanley writes that Satan does not want you to find out God's best for your life. He wants you to continually settle for second, third, or fourth, or fifth best because he knows if you get a hold of what God really has for you, you'll never turn and compromise. And I'm thinking, see... That's exactly kind of what I'm thinking in my heart about this whole thing. And I forgot to bring water. Darn it. Darn it, darn it, darn it. Oh, well, that's disappointing. So anyhow, I'm, I'm just thinking about this and kind of need to see how it goes. The other thing is, it's 9.09 right now, which is a reminder to obey. And in the last uh, five minutes, I saw 5.11 twice uh, while I was making the recording. A car drives past me. My eyes go right to it, 5.11 on the license plate. And when I ended the recording, it, it was 5 minutes and 11 seconds in length. Remember, we consider blessed those who have persevered. For you have heard of Job's perseverance and what the Lord finally brought about. Well, that's one of the promises that God has been telling me a long time. So... Would I say that being taken out of my parents' house and put into a, a room that smells like cat pee, even though I've got my freedom, but I wouldn't feel, you know, kind of clean and safe in that place necessarily? Would that is that the Lord's blessing for my perseverance? Is that the Lord's favor? Is that the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? Man, I know it sound it could sound so ungrateful, but I'm really totally okay if that's what God, I really just want whatever God wants, but I'm trying to discern and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, the answer is obvious. No, that is not God's best. No, that is not God's blessing. No, that is not God's favor. No, that is not the goodness of the Lord. That's just settling for something other than what my current situation is instead of, even though somebody might say, but Mike, uh, today's Wednesday, man. You're supposed to be out by like Sunday. I need to wait for God's timing. God is always on time. It seems like last minute to us, but it's just on time to Him. So, alright. It's 12, 12.03.5.28.2014. I came back from the mountain about an hour ago. <clears throat> Went up this morning to pray and really seek God's face and just asked Him to please give me clear direction as to what I was going to do and about this offer to move into this house and just laid everything out before him. I didn't hear anything up there, but on the way up I saw 5.11 twice. It's the idea of persevering and that implies stay put. So, kind of came down I said, Lord, I feel like what you're telling me is to stay put. I walk in the house after having done some push-ups in the garage, got my clothes off, I walk in the house, it's 11-11, instantly on the clock. Instantly I'm like, wow, you know, 
God saying to me the very thing that I've been asking. Lord, if, if I'm asking you for a good place to live, would, would you give me a place where the room that I'm going to be sleeping in has permanent, like, cat urine stains in it? Smell? Does that sound like something you would, you know, do? Is that the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? Is that the favor of the Lord is, those, is on those who fear Him? And so... Then I went and grabbed my phone to take a picture of it, and it was 11:11. And I just feel like God's telling me, you know, He's not going to give me a, a fish. It's the same thing He told me about dating, you know. And so it's the whole idea of why I've been waiting for Laura for so long is because the Bible says in Matthew 7:11, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids when they ask, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? And so. You know, I'm not looking at that as a good gift. <clears throat> and I'm just believing God for better. I'm not being stingy. I'm not being, um, you know, uh, selfish. Uh, I'm literally just believing God for what I believe He's told me, for the promises that I believe He's given me. So then I'm on my way out. I get in the car, a car I haven't driven in about a month, the Toyota, and I look down and it's it's on 212 miles. So I have peace right now. My mom's at me to go get a temporary cell phone, and I'm just trying to believe God for whatever He's going to do for me. I know they're going to give me a little bit of money and stuff, but you know I'm still not 100% sure. I don't want to get ahead just because my mom's feeling uncomfortable, but trying to just trust God and believe God for you know His timing and His best.